Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update. Well, Lee, it's been quite a week, uh, but perhaps we should start by looking back at last month and looking forward to this month. What's happening? Well, um, it, well, in that case, um, it was with great relief, really, to many uh, that we began a new month of trading on Monday uh, as the FTSE 100 had seen a fall of 4.9% in in October, its worst month since March. Uh, and that also brought our beleaguered PMA uh, little relief from a market perspective, at least, meaning that a lot of what Boris announced on Saturday evening and again on Monday in Parliament regarding a further month of lockdown was largely priced into the market. I was actually uh, thinking in, given um, my obvious success of, uh, with the Trump impression a fortnight ago, I might throw in uh, my Boris impression today. What do you think? Well, yes, uh, you could, but why don't we just keep that for a couple of weeks as a little kind of Christmas present for the listeners? Okay. Anyway, the, the market's been uh, weak last month, and it's come back this week. So that's a bit surprising, isn't it, considering what we're about to endure? Um, yeah, I mean, look, we've said this before, Ian, markets thrive at the moment on one of two things, vaccine news uh, or stimulus announcements. And we've had um, both these things in spades this week in the UK, at least. Um, by Tuesday, uh, the government have pledged the extension uh, to the 2nd of December of a modified furlough. Recipients, assuming uh, actually that they haven't been made unemployed uh, already, are, are back receiving 80% of their salary, up to £2,500 a month. Um, however, by Thursday lunchtime, the Chancellor extended that date out further to the 31st of March next year. The self-employed too will, for one month of lockdown, be able to claim up to 80% of their trading profits, up to seven and a half grand, and deadlines for various bounce-back loan schemes both for businesses and for individuals have been extended to the 31st of January uh, from a previous 30th of November deadline. Yeah and I think I read somewhere about um, relief for borrowers on things like car loans and stuff like that. Yeah uh, yeah, you probably did. They, the, uh, the FCA, that's the Financial uh, Conduct Authority, weighed in themselves on Monday saying that consumers could seek a sixth month uh, deferral to payments for personal loans, credit cards, um, motor finance and high-cost short-term uh, credit products. Consumers who'd already had received a payment deferral could also seek a second one. Um, and further to this, the time period for mortgage payment deferrals has been extended for those that are yet to claim their six-month allowance. So you can see that all the stops have been pulled out yet again in order to try and mitigate the impact that will undoubtedly um, uh, still be too much for some firms and individuals to take. Yeah, and no, I thought I heard a kind of whirring noise. Uh, w was that the printing presses at the Bank of England? Because they've made a, an announcement on Thursday, haven't they? They are going to be working overtime, Ian. Yes, uh, although uh, everything I've just mentioned um, is obviously significant, the Bank of England did announce before the market opened, actually, on Thursday, the injection of a further £150 billion into the economy by, economy by uh, expanding the quantitative easing programme and thereby taking the total of bonds in the bank's hands to uh, £895 billion. Um, but they decided against a policy of negative interest rates. That's still under review and may be 
wheeled out sometime next year. Um, they did say at the same time as revising up their estimates for GDP contraction this year to minus 11%. Still way too optimistic in my mind. And contrast that with Sweden, which a very respected and independent economist and actually good friend of mine, Ian Lawson, now predicts will only fall 5.1%. Right. And you mentioned something earlier about um, the vaccine boosting the market. Could this be the controversial Kate Bingham uh, married to uh, financial minister in the Tory government? Oh, do you know, I didn't know that. That's some uh, good intel on that. But yeah, it is uh, It is uh, Kate, who is also, apart from being uh, married to said uh, cabinet minister, uh, the chair of the UK Vaccine Task Force, who uh, said optimistically, I, I should add, uh, she actually used the term uh, looking through rose-tinted glasses, that the uh, country should or could have uh, available 4 million doses of the AstraZeneca uh, Oxford University coronavirus vaccine and 10 million uh, doses of the uh, Pfizer-BioNTech version by year end. So it's little wonder that by the end, uh, by the close of play actually on Thursday, uh, with all this sort of fiat money being thrown at the situation, um, that we uh, had more than erased all of October's losses in the first four days of November trading, with the FTSE 100 rallying a massive 5.7%. Right, now uh, winners and losers, does this um, lockdown share any similarities to the one uh, back earlier in the year? Yeah, sort of lockdown 2.0, isn't it? And it certainly does, well it certainly does so far. Um, Hello Fresh, it's a, uh, a meal kit uh, delivery firm adored no doubt by our uh, Elmbridge listener and someone we haven't mentioned uh, on this programme before, I don't think in uh, announced it saw its third quarter revenues more than double over the year. The stock incidentally is up over 225% in the past 12 months. But in addition to Hello Fresh in, uh, this show's favourite home grocery delivery company, yes, Ocado, uh, witnessed its shares soar over 12% by Wednesday's close. Who else actually can carry uh, the volume of uh, panic-bought loo rolls that they can. But other beneficiaries were AO World, which was up nearly 7%, and that's uh, because we're all going to realise very soon that we'll be needing bigger fridges to hold all that booze we're going to be getting delivered in order to last throughout the month in lockdown. And finally, Kingfisher, the owner of B&Q, uh, that is, and not the uh, beer often found at uh, Indian restaurants, um, whose stock rose 3.5% on Monday, presumably, because we'll all be stumbling pie-eyed around our houses trying to find where we'd left our glass and breaking the kitchen cabinets in the process. I noticed Ryanair uh, showed us on Tuesday you know, just how uh, um, what a perilous uh, position this economy is in right now. They said passenger traffic for October was down 70% as compared to the year before. And that, of course, won't improve in November. Lloyds Bank announced a plan to cut more than 700 jobs from uh, January, while the owner of Waitrose, John Lewis, said they were cutting as many as 1,500 jobs at their head office and that's on top of the previously announced 1,375 potential job losses uh, across its whole business. While Sainsbury's announced that they were putting 3,500 jobs at risk in their own restructuring and, and staying within the retail world, Ian, Marks & Spencer's on Wednesday posted its first loss since 1926. Incidentally, that was the year of the general strike. The lockdown uh, proved as costly for them in the first half of 2020 as it might do in the second half. However, 
contained within the results were the first signs of life, helped by none other than Nakada, of course, whose food delivery tie-up, which only actually, if you remember, um, started at the beginning of September, already accounts for one-third of their food division's profits. Well, that's uh, a bit of a positive, but otherwise it's all very, very gloomy, I think, isn't it? Well, there you look, there are odd patches of brightness out there, Ian. Um, evidence, if evidence were ever needed, that this pandemic isn't really hitting everyone the same. We saw uh, from Ferrari, who reported their numbers uh, on Tuesday, uh, and the stock rose on the back of that 7% uh, to all-time highs, with the company really pointing to its order book and saying, crisis, what crisis? But other than that, Ian, uh, I'll just keep uh, pointing to the theme of the economic pendulum moving in an easterly direction while um, western europe is really subjugating their populations uh, to these factious uh, lockdown china is keeping its eyes firmly on the prize i mentioned a couple of weeks ago didn't i uh, that uh, chinese gdp is now up on the year by something approaching one percent well uh, that lead appears to be accelerating and when we when we saw the release of factory output data this week from china um, which saw output expand at its fastest rate in almost a decade now parts of europe whose economies are back to 1990s levels in terms of gdp appear now to be settling for sort of vassal state status i mean they're borrowing money recently printed by a central bank with absolutely no tax raising powers and with europe of little economic threat china knows that with the us paralyzed by this whole election process and uh, possibly the threat of civil unrest afterwards that this is its time and that the pandemic has allowed it to hasten its rise to its stated goal as being the world's number one economic force. Rightly. Well, I wish I could say I was uplifted by all that, but I haven't been terribly. But perhaps next week, eh? Well, it's the weekend coming up, so that should uh, buoy us all. See you, Lee. Take Cheers care. Ian. Bye-bye. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.